chapter 6. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So for the past few months, I've been trying to do better uh, not eating foods that I'm allergic to. Namely, things that contain wheat and dairy. And it won't kill me, especially in small amounts. I still take communion with the bread instead of a wafer. But overall, especially in large amounts, it's better for me and my body if I pay attention to those allergies. This week, I allowed myself to have a few Cheat days. Goldfish crackers have always been my favorite, and of course they have both wheat and dairy, and they're delicious. And we tend to buy Costco-sized boxes of them, because as you've seen my daughter Hadley with her little bowl of them, she loves those goldfish crackers. And to no one's surprise, especially my husband Greg, who asked me if I really wanted that giant bowl of fishies after two days of goldfish cracker snacks, and pizza, and cheese bread from Domino's, I was glad to be done with my cheat days. But after just two days, I noticed my energy was lower, I felt a little grumpier, and honestly, I just wanted more cheese, but we didn't have any left in the house because Greg had made homemade macaroni. It was a necessary reminder, what we put in our bodies is important. Our bodies are important, even if sometimes I would prefer they weren't. Sometimes as people of faith, we get stuck focusing on the spiritual parts of life alone, but Jesus in our reading today wants us to really live in our physical bodies too. Jesus wants us to focus on physicality to the point of his maybe too graphic foreshadowing of the Last Supper that we participate in with our weekly communion. Next week, as we continue in the Bread of Life series in John, we'll read the disciples' reaction to Jesus' words. And trust me, I think they felt it in their bodies, too. Maybe a bit of nausea? It wouldn't surprise me. I had my own sort of visceral reaction to Jesus' words about flesh and blood. But that's for next week. This week, we're talking about cheese. Wait, no, we're not talking about cheese. We're talking about our, our physical lives which hopefully for you involves cheese if you're not allergic. Of course, our spiritual lives are important. In our reading from Ephesians, the writer reminds us that as part of living this life, we can be filled with the Spirit. But even that Spirit-filled life happens here and now with singing and hymns and spiritual songs, with giving thanks and prayer. Those spiritual parts of our lives are meant to be intertwined with everything else. And the writer of Ephesians gives a warning about this life because, like anything, life is a balance. When I was preparing for today, as I first read the words from Ephesians chapter 5, starting with, 
be careful. I was carefully annoyed. You might not know this, but for the last five years or so, there has been a big push in parenting and child development away from those two words. Because we say be careful to children a lot. And studies show that be careful is part of a language of fear. It's also just vague, so most kids who hear it don't actually know what they're supposed to be careful about. The general reaction to an adult saying be careful to a child is for the child to either ignore it, look around and not see whatever danger might exist and go forward anyway, or to stop doing anything and start crying, worried they might get hurt, or mad that they have to stop. For our daughter, it's usually mad. I have to actively work to not say those words with Hadley more than a dozen times a day. Instead, I'll say things like, don't climb on the table, or, you know, gentle pets for our beagle. And sometimes it's simply stop, or don't, or wait. Whatever the case, I was surprised reading Be Careful, hearing those words from a language of fear in our scripture, so I did some digging, and it hardly ever happens to myself when I'm working on a sermon that I say, hmm, we, we should re read the King James version of something. <coughs> but when I was looking at the Greek for this letter to Ephesus, I found the KJV did a better job. In the translation we read today, the writer says, be careful then how you live not as, wise, not, not as unwise people, but as wise. And the old King James says, See then, that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Which is not exactly the kind of language we use often, besides the old tiny ye in there. Circumspectly isn't really something that I say in everyday life either. And in all honesty, I wasn't totally sure what circumspectly meant. So I went... I went to the Greek, and the Greek word akribos actually means something more like precisely, exactly, just, right. So instead of be careful, instead of language of fear and you shoulds and shame, what if we heard this reminder from Ephesians as a necessary reminder of what it means to live in this life? See then how rightly you walk. See then how precisely you walk. See then how you justly walk not as unwise people, but as wise. What does that walk look like? It takes living into a more physical place. It's not just be careful how you live, a vague and fearful warning, but rather see then how you walk, or if you're not walking, see then how you roll, how you move, how you experience this life in your physical body right here, right now, making the most of this time. And so as an example of what this physical life of balance can look like, the writer reminds us not to get drunk on wine and instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And honestly, that's fine. I'm more of a beer person anyway. <laughs> but really, it's about balance. It's about moderation. It's about living this life with care. And it's not just spiritual, but that living in this life, when our focus is towards God, towards the Holy Spirit, and not just towards liquid spirits, or whatever our vice might be, we can be moved by song and praise and melodies, moved to give thanks to our Lord, and moved to walk, to live in our physical bodies in a new way. And that new way isn't always easy, or comfortable, or refined. Sometimes living in our bodies is difficult and awkward, and even gross. And Jesus knows that. For Jesus, that is significant. Because being the word of God made into flesh, that flesh and blood has consequence. 
For Jesus, human life, the physicality of it, the human body mattered so much that God sent God's only son to the world. Jesus was born flesh and blood to Mary, crawling, toddling, walking, moving through life in a physical body, balancing a divine spiritual life we can't even imagine in that physical body. Because for Jesus, to truly bring life into the world, Jesus lived in the world. When the Jewish people who were debating with Jesus said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They weren't wrong to wonder. They don't know what's coming yet. They can't see then what it means for the living bread to come down from heaven to give life for the world in flesh and blood and body and spirit. But just like I was reminded that what I put into my body makes a difference in my life, Jesus tells us what we put into our bodies can be life. In communion, when we eat the bread that is flesh and drink the wine that is blood, we abide with the one who gives that flesh and blood for us. And that is physical, that is visceral, and honestly, it can be difficult and awkward and even gross the way Jesus describes that life, that grace to us today. But it's a grace that fills our physical bodies, a love that moves through us that cannot be denied, a truth that we need that grace, we need that love, we need that bread and that wine, that body and that blood, that true food and true drink, we need Jesus. Because we don't always balance physical and spiritual very well. We often can't even find balance and moderation or care very well. Sometimes we don't know how to find the melody of the Lord in our hearts. Sometimes we struggle to walk or roll or move in our bodies, in our lives, in ways that share thanksgiving and love with God, with others, and sometimes especially with ourselves. Sometimes we just eat a ton of cheese, knowing we shouldn't. Sometimes we hear the words Jesus says to us and wonder, how? How can this be? Maybe you've wondered if you have any life in you, or you're just going through the motions. For every moment we struggle to love and care for these bodies that God has made, whether that be living in balance, finding moderation, recognizing our allergies, seeing the beauty of God's creation in yourself, or living into your truth, your whole self, whatever that might be for you. For every song we don't feel like singing, for all the difficult and awkward and even gross parts of life, for every doubt or question, for every day we wonder how. Jesus gives himself for our wonder, for our doubts, for our questions. Jesus goes to the cross to bring us grace for our fear and our failures. Jesus dies to fill us with life, to be with us, to abide with us, to abide in us. Jesus rises from the dead to bring the love that God has for the entire world to each and every one of us, to you and to me. This is the true food and the true drink, the meal we gather around each Sunday, the bread that will give life to the world so that we can see then and walk justly with our God, singing, sharing, lifting our thanks, and responding to that love by sharing it with those we meet, so that we can be made alive in our bodies, however difficult, awkward, or gross they might be, knowing that in Jesus there is a new path to walk, to roll, to move through, a new life to live, right here, right now. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.